seated. Such a pleasure to be with you guys here today and uh, I almost feel like we're becoming friends. Every time I come here I get to know more people and uh, it just makes me sick how awesome this church is and how many great people. Tell you what, stop inviting me. (laughs) Is envy one of the fruits of the Spirit? I don't know. <laughs> but no, you guys have got uh, just two phenomenal pastors, don't you? Can we give um, Hearts and Nat a great big hand? Just doing a phenomenal job with the team and the leaders and uh, just uh, inspiring us to uh, look higher and to go harder and to uh, bring change for Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I've got some of our guys here with us today down here. Give us a wave, guys. (laughs) And someone over here, Jason Giddings. Good on you, buddy. Give him a big hand. So what I've decided, I've started to put some sleepers into this congregation. So they're going to start, I don't know, disrupting meetings and uh, it's causing chaos. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, Because you just... You're just too good. It's just, it's not good. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I get an amen? <laughs> oh, hey, my message this morning, I'm following in the series that uh, we're doing, I know you guys are doing as, as well, called uh, Wide Open. And uh, the scripture I want to use tonight is 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 13 from the Message Translation. I love this version of the Bible and I love this scripture It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. That was Paul's heart for the Corinthian church, for the believers that were located in that place to say, I don't want you to live small lives. Your, your, your capacity and the things that God has laid before you are so much bigger than what you're experiencing right now if we're just willing to step into them, if we're just willing to open up our lives. You know, labels are really powerful. Uh, one of our family members loves labels, and they label everything. Anybody else in here love to label everything? Put your hand up. Guy's got his hand up. <laughs> Some people just love labels. They have little Tupperware containers for everything. Everything's all coordinated and stacked up. So labels are great because they allow us to... to uh, Compent model to organize to um, to bring order to oftentimes what is complexity in our world or in our circumstances. Um, so labels are good, but labels can also be uh, restrictive if they allow not just to organize and categorize, but to define, and particularly when it comes to people. So labels cause us to define either ourselves or other people in a certain way 
And many, many psychological experiments have been done to show that when someone is labelled in a certain way, they will behave in accordance with that labelling. So if someone's told they're dumb, they're stupid, they're, they're illiterate, they will behave in accordance with the label that's placed upon them. Many experiments have been done where they've taken random kids out of a school and they've put them in a class and they've said, uh, you've been selected for this class because you're, you're, you've shown from the test that was done that you're in the top 10% of the students in this school. And so we're putting you into a, separate, into a special class and then they'll get the teachers and they say, and they say we've selected from amongst the teaching staff here the most uh, talented and skillful teachers and we're putting you all together to, ex to uh, do an accelerated learning class. And they've discovered that that class begins to outperform the other classes by more than 10%. But they're just random. They're random students chosen from the school and random teachers chosen from the staff list. But because they were told, you're smart, you're intelligent, you're above average, they began to perform at the level of expectation that was placed upon them. Labels are powerful, but they also can, uh, we can allow them to define us. You know, marketers and advertisers uh, and even governments and economists now have a term for people when they're looking at the economy, when they're looking at, at, at even states and nations. And they define people as consumers. Anyone ever heard that term? The consumers. So consumers are people who consume. Consumers are people who live to take in, to digest, to get. And when we continue to define our people, ourselves, as consumers, then what we find is people begin to live self-orientated, and self-focused lives. Because when we define people as consumers, guess what? They consume. They just begin to live for what they can get. We begin to live for what we can get. Stock markets, the stock market rises and falls based on what we call consumer confidence. So our whole economic model is built around the consumption, the increasing and continual consumption of products, goods and services for our economic prosperity and for our whole system of life and the way we do life to continue to go. And so we will be continually told, you need to consume more. Anybody ever been heard that during the GFC? What's our solution? Go and consume more. Go and spend more. Go and get more. That's the answer to all our problems. No, it's not. That's how we got into that problem, <laughs> by consuming more. And because we see and define ourselves as consumers, this is what we're doing. Reading um, uh, the Sustainable Development Study of 2013, they said this, because we are constantly encouraged to consume more stuff, we have a situation at present where we are consuming our natural resources faster than they can be renewed by 23%. According to their studies, by 2020, we will need 1.5 planets full of natural resources to meet demand. By 2030, we will need 2.3 planets full of natural resources to meet the growing demand. We are consuming more than we can produce. 
And that is a recipe for disaster. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not bringing an environmental message here tonight. <laughs> My point is this. The way we are defined is the way we will act. And the important thing is that we do not allow the world to define nor to label the way we see ourselves and the way we live our lives. The way that we are to define and live our lives is accordance to the labeling and the definitions that Jesus Christ puts upon our lives through the Word of God to say that you are not just a consumer, we are actually defined by the Bible as citizens. A citizen is someone who enjoys the rights and the privileges of a state, a nation, or a kingdom, but also accepts the responsibilities of that kingdom. That's what Jesus Christ said when he said to you, are, you are citizens of the kingdom of God. We have awesome rights and privileges of believers, don't we? I mean, salvation and healing and blessing and prosperity and all the good stuff, all the, all the blessings that are outlined in the Word of God, all the rights, all the privileges of being in Christ. But it also makes it clear that we have responsibilities in that kingdom, that we are not just consumers, but that we are givers. We are investors. We do not just take, but we give. And it's so important in our Christian life and in our church life that we do not bring that mentality into the church and believe that the church is here just so that we can consume more Christian product and stuff. That deserves an amen. Come on. <laughs> we are not just consumers. And Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, you are living your life in a limited way. It is so important that when we come into the family of God, when we come into the church, that we see ourselves as people that have something to contribute. We have something to give. We have something to inject, not just to get. It's so easy to come to church and just feel like we're just, you know, consuming another message, that we're consuming another worship uh, session, that we're consuming more product, that we're just here to receive something. Even when someone's preaching, we can sit there like, oh, it's a, another performance, it's another, just something for me to consume. But preaching is actually a two-way connection. Is that right? Is that right? That's your opportunity to go yes <laughs> we're working together here you're not here to just consume another message you're here to give feedback and encouragement and join in to the message and the uh the vibes if you like or the or the um the encouragement that's coming forth it's a cyclical approach so the kingdom of god is built upon citizens not upon consumers it's built upon people that take responsibility, not just those that say, hey, gimme, gimme, gimme. I need more. So as Christians, this is what can happen. And uh, I've been pastoring for a long time now, I've been a Christian for a long time, but oftentimes this is what happens in church. We develop spiritual agoraphobia. That's deep. <laughs> Agoraphobia is a fear of open spaces, a fear of opening up, a fear of going out. 
into the open. And as believers, what can happen is we get so cloistered within our own world and our own lifestyle that we, that we become afraid to break out into the will and the purpose and the challenges that God lays before us because we're afraid that it's going to be inconvenient. We're afraid that it's going to mess with our five-year plan. It's going to mess with the strategies that we've put in place. It's going, to, it's going to cause us to grow and to become bigger people. And we don't want that because we're consumers. <laughs> we're just here to be given something. What are you giving me? What are you giving me? I'm not giving you anything. Well, I am, but <laughs> we're here to give and to receive. We're here to invest and to get. This Christmas production that you guys put on, which is spectacular, it, it is called spectacular. There you go. A self-fulfilling prophecy right there. Every year it's spectacular. This is not a show to be consumed. This is an opportunity to invest into the kingdom of God and the future blessing of this church. You say, how can I do that? Bring somebody. Invite somebody. Step out of your comfort zone and go, I want to not just be a consumer, I want to be a contributor. I want to be an investor. I want to play a part in moving this church into its future and destiny in Jesus Christ. Spectacular. So I challenge you here tonight, write someone's name down, get three people's names today, tonight, before you leave this place, say, these are the people I'm going to invite, we're going to pray for them, we're going to ask them, we're going to look for opportunity, and we're going to do whatever we need to do to get them to this event, so they can hear the gospel, so their lives can be changed, so that this place can be full, Sunday morning, Sunday night, extending out to other areas of this region of Sydney. That's why we're here. That's good preaching. If I don't say so myself. <laughs> so we, we get agoraphobia. We, 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 we fear that somehow by opening up our lives completely to Jesus Christ and his purpose and his call that we're going to miss out. We're afraid that if we completely abandon ourselves to the will of God, that somehow we're going to not be fulfilled. Because we think that we can do it better than God. We think that we know what's best for us better than God. We think that we know how to make it work better than God. Or we'll give him a go. You all right, have a go. No, no, you're not doing too good. I'm taking my life back. <laughs> That's not good. And so we have this fear... That abandonment, that a wide open life is going to be detrimental to our well-being or our prosperity or, or our happiness or our joy. And yet the Bible makes it abundantly clear that it's the exact opposite. That it's the exact opposite, that it's uh, counterintuitive. Have you noticed m much of the gospel is counterintuitive? 
And so Jesus, on three separate occasions, because he really wanted to get this point across to his listeners and the people that were following with him. So on three different occasions, he says the same thing in Luke 9, 24, in Matthew 16, 25, and again in Luke 17, 33. He says this, and this is in the Living Translation version. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try and hold on to it, if you try and grip it, if you try and get everything out of it, guess what? It'll be like sand through your sands through the hourglass. <laughs> so are the days of our life. <laughs> oh, too much matinee television. <laughs> life of a pastor. I don't know. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> it, It'll, it'll get through your fingers. You, you'll be trying to grasp it. You'll be trying to get what you want. And it'll be co continually elusive, continually just outside of your grasp, continually trying to get it. But if you let it go, if you, if you lose it, if you let it go, but if you give up your life for my sake, then you will save it. See, counterintuitive. That's the way the kingdom works. You give up something, you actually get it back. You let something go, it's actually given to you. It's the same with tithing. It's the same with the kingdom. It's the same with the promises. It's the way the kingdom works. So if you really want to see blessing, you want to see prayers answered, you want to see all these things taking place, don't let the labeling of consumer be placed upon you and therefore act like a consumer, but say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I have rights. I have privileges. I also have responsibilities. And as I begin to walk and live and fulfill those responsibilities, then the blessing's going to come. Then the door's going to be open. Then the openness of God's heaven we rain down upon my life. That's the way it works. It's simple. It's that simple. It's so... Come on. <laughs> I was talking to a friend the other day. <laughs> Strong Christian. Uh, I, um, I do cycling. I, I do triathlons and stuff like that. Not as much at the moment, but... Um, I do some training, and we ride often on the northern beaches with some friends. Anyway, oh, I need to do more training. I've puffed myself out. Oh, I think I did this last time, didn't I? <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> Where's my coconut water? No, I'm just <laughs> Anyway, I was, I was talking to a friend. We're, ri we're riding along. We're in this group. And uh, anyway, I hadn't seen him for a while. And just, hey, how you going? Good. And he goes, comes around conversation. I said, what are you up to? What are you doing? And uh, <coughs> so I started, started sharing my heart or what's been sort of building on the inside of me lately. And I was just saying how I've been doing a lot of reading around social entrepreneurship. And the last couple of years, it's really something that started to grow within my heart. And, and uh, just a desire to use business acumen and entrepreneurial skills um, joined together with social need and, and bringing solutions and answers so it's no longer a charity and, a, and a, just a handout mentality but empowering and training and raising up people that have the skills and the abilities to start businesses and build businesses and be entrepreneurial so that they can begin to feed themselves. And Anyway, I started to share about this stuff and I've been reading and studying and, and he's going, oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Now, my friend's a management consultant and he goes, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's really inspiring. And I said, what are you up to? What are you doing? He goes, oh, well, my goal is just to buy as much property as I can before I die. And I'm thinking, I was going to throw my water bottle at him. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with accumulating property. There's nothing wrong with investing in, in property and buying houses and all that kind of stuff. But, I'm th- you know, if that, if that is the height of our life as a believer, that's the, that's the end goal. How much property can I own before I die? Then we're missing the point. I didn't tell him that. I said, that's awesome, man. <laughs> and now I'm going to preach about him for the next six months. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, give me a break. Is that, is that all? Where, that's a consumer mentality. That's what the world defines us as, as consumers. Accumulate more. That's the answer. That's, the, that's, that's success. That's where significance, value, purpose, happiness comes from. Consume more. Accumulate more. Build up more. It's a lie. Invest. Give. Give away. Open up. And then the kingdom will come. Then significance, value, purpose, hope, love, faith begin to flood into our lives it's counterintuitive it's counterintuitive anyway that's my introduction (laughs) that's got nothing to do with what i'm going to talk about (laughs) no i'm joking so so what's it all about so so here's my here's the here's the point this is what i'm trying to get to as the church as believers it's so important that we do not allow those labels that the world places upon us to define how we act and react. But we take God's word and we see ourselves as kingdom builders, as life changers. We see ourselves full of hope, faith and love, that nothing is impossible, that all things are possible for those who believe, that no matter where I'm at or what's going in in my life, things can be turned around by the power of God, that he has empowered me to bring about answers and solutions to change my life, to bring about God's purpose. It's not going to be with a consumption mentality. God, here I am, pour it out upon my life. That's just... That's not the way it works. He says, I've given you skills and abilities. I've placed within you seeds of opportunity. Every one of you has got a brain. Every one of you has got skills. Every one of you has got abilities that God says, I've placed them there. And as you begin to water them, as you begin to use them, as you begin to think outside the box and open up yourselves to opportunity and open up yourselves to new thinking and open up yourselves to, to people who challenge you, then they're going to begin to fur, uh, grow. They're going to begin to percolate. They're going to begin to come up out of the ground and you'll see God's blessings taking place. That's the way this church is going to grow. That's the way your life is going to change. That's the way the kingdom will come in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) So, how do we do it? The important thing is, and this is the other way that that, that our world and our system and the way the world thinks that the individual is king that everything is about what I want, what I need, and I'm the most important person. And again, it leads to disaster. If we look at the social statistics of our world, we see that relationships are failing because of the focus on the individual. That if my needs are not being met, then I'm going to leave my marriage, I'll leave my family, I'll leave my job, I'll leave whatever, because I'm the most important one. And it is failing us. Community is king. It's not about what this church can do for me. What are you going to do for me? Oh, you're not providing this. Oh, you're not doing this. That's not the way it works. What are you bringing to the table? What are you going to invest so that this church can be more than what it is right now? What are you going to 
let go of? What are you going to get involved in? What are you going to do to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a citizen of the church. I'm a citizen. I have rights. I have privileges, but I also have responsibilities. Everyone wants to talk about their rights. You hear them on TV. You read about, I've got rights, you know. But you've also got responsibilities, but no one wants to talk about that. So what are we doing and how are we going to build? You know, seven times throughout the Bible, seven times in the Old Testament, there's seven feasts orchestrated and formalized in the Jewish calendar because of the importance of celebration, community, and doing things together. This event that you've got coming up, this Christmas spectacular is like one of those festivals. It's like one of those events where everybody comes together to celebrate. It's a formalized, institutionalized celebration, party, whatever you want to call it, where everyone comes together, celebrates the goodness of God, celebrates one another, has a good time, because that's important. That's the way the kingdom works. Over and over again throughout the scriptures, Jesus continually broke down these, the, the religious sacred counts of, of, I guess, religiosity in regards to what the Pharisees had instituted, that somehow Christianity, somehow God had become this somber, serious type of person and religion, and it's not true. Christianity is a celebration. Christianity is a party. Christianity is accepting everything that God's given to us and done for us, but then also extending out a hand of invitation and saying, what God's done for me, I'm handing out to you. Will you take a hold of it? That's what it's all about. Let me finish with a couple of scriptures. Um, And so don't just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Do it together. Community. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. If you're not in a dinner party, go to a dinner party. Oh, but I don't like people. (laughs) People is what it's all about. People. People. The kingdom of God is about people. God is about people. Therefore, we need to be involved in the people business. So get in a connect group. Get in a social group. Get connected. Don't be one of these people sitting on the outside looking in. Get in. The doors are wide open. This is one of the most wide open, inviting churches that you will ever find. That says, hey, come in as you are. We welcome you. I mean, you've got about 1,050 nationalities in this church. (laughs) I mean, I can. How open can you be? Look at y'all. <laughs> Listen, I'll finish with these scriptures. I want to read these out, but I want you to. I want you to understand that you are not a consumer. Yes, you do consume certain things, and we buy things. Nothing wrong with having products and buying clothes and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about a socialist gospel. What I'm saying is that we do not allow that to define the way we behave. This is what we do. Romans 12, 13 says this, practice hospitality. Practice it. I'm not very good at it. Practice it. Just like playing the drums. This guy that was up here playing the drums, I'm sure he's done some practice. He wasn't born that good. Where's the drummer? Oh, he's on his way. He's gone to practice. Romans 12, 13, practice hospitality. Romans 16, 1, be sure to welcome our friend Phoebe in the way of the master with all the generous hospitality we Christians are famous for. 
Are we famous for our hospitality? Second, are we? <laughs> um, Romans 16.1, be sure to welcome our friend Phoebe all the way. Oh, that's the one I just read. 2 Corinthians 7.15, he can't quit talking about it, going over again and again, the story of your prompt obedience and the dignity and sensitivity of your hospitality. I love that. The dignity and the sensitivity of your hospitality. When we show hospitality, when we show love, we're giving dignity to people. When people come into our homes, we go, oh, it's so good to have you here. I'm so glad that you're my friend. Hey, let's eat together. You dignify that person. You give them dignity through sensitivity. Philemon, 1-7, friend, you have no idea how good your love makes me feel. Doubly so when I see your hospitality to fellow believers. 1 Peter 4-9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And I'll finish with this, 3 John 1-5. Dear friends, when you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they are strangers, you make faith visible. Faith is not ethereal. Faith is visible. And it's seen in the way we live our lives. It's seen in the way we treat other people by bringing dignity and value to their life by extending the hand of hospitality, by extending the hand of invitation. When you invite someone to this spectacular, you're showing them dignity. If it's done with sensitivity, that's the disclaimer. <laughs> Let's stand here this, uh, tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. You have within you the seeds of greatness given through Jesus Christ. This book, well, this is an iPad, but the, the book, the app that I've got on here, which is the Bible, <laughs> it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Because when that gets inside of you, it changes you. So that you are no longer limited, controlled and defined by what the world says you are and how you're supposed to behave or what other people have said about you. Maybe your parents, maybe your peers, maybe your friends, maybe your boss, maybe other influential people who had an impact upon your life, have defined you, have labelled you, have said you're a certain way. I rebuke that here tonight in Jesus' name. I tell you that you are incredible, that you are gifted, that you have the seeds of greatness within you and nothing is impossible for those who believe that you are able to do immeasurably more than all you ask, you think or you imagine. That is who you are. That's what's inside of you. And that's what's going to begin to come out of, you, out of you as you begin to open up your heart, as you begin to say, you know what, I'm going to put myself aside. 
I'm going to open up my heart to God. I'm going to open up my heart to the, to the church and to the purposes of God outworked within this community and this congregation. I'm telling you, you'll never feel so much significance, value, purpose, happiness, joy, and peace as you give away your life. And it comes back in Jesus' name. Why don't we close our eyes here tonight? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it works. I thank you, Jesus, that no matter what label, no matter what definition has been placed over us, that we've believed, that we've taken a heart and we've begun to live it out through our circumstances. Father, that any one of those labels or definitions that do not align with your purpose plan, without your belief for us that comes out of your word, I break the power of it here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that every gift, ability, every um, seed that has been placed within us through Jesus Christ would bear fruit for the kingdom of God. See the extension of the kingdom throughout Silverwater and the surrounding suburbs, that your purpose may be fulfilled, that your kingdom would come in Jesus' name. Just as I finish, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if you're here today, and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're away from God right now and you know it. You're not living the way you're supposed to be living. You know you're not making the decisions you're supposed to be making. I want to tell you, friends, here tonight, without Jesus Christ, you do not have the power to break the to break the labeling and the definitions that the world place upon you because deep within you is a resonance with that spirit and with that world. It's only through Jesus Christ that the power of those definitions, those labels placed upon your life can be broken. I, would, I encourage you and employ you here tonight to say yes to Jesus, to break the power of the past, break the power of labels, break the power of definitions, break the power of words that have been spoken over your life. Let Jesus Christ define you here tonight. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, I want you to put your hand up right now and say, yes, I want Jesus Christ in my life. Just put it up high right now and I'm going to pray with you at the end of this service. Maybe you're away from God. You know you need to come back. Tonight's your night. Put your hand up right now and say, yeah, that's me. That's me, Ward. I want to change my life. I don't want to be limited by the things that have been spoken about me, that have been spoken into my life, that have affected the way I've lived my life. I want to be free. I want Jesus Christ. Just put your hand up so I can see it. At the end of this service, I'm going to pray. Who is there here tonight? You're saying, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I want you in my life. Who is there here tonight? Or you're away from God and you know you need to come back. Tonight is your night. Do not delay. Do not delay. I know in my spirit that there is someone here tonight that should be responding to this altar, that should be responding to this invitation. I know. I know. I can feel it. I can feel it in my spirit. Tonight's your night, friend. Tonight is your tonight is your night to change your life. God will not change your life for you.
You've got to take the first step. You've got to say yes to Jesus. Who is that person here tonight? Just put up your hand. We're going to pray with you at the end of the service. Who is there? I'm going to finish up right now. I encourage you to speak to your friend. I know there's somebody here. Come and see me. Come and see Pastor Hartley or Natalie. Come and see one of the leaders and say, that was me. Do not leave this service without getting right with God and taking a hold of His purpose and destiny for your life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to finish up right now. I just... If it's okay, I want to have an altar call for just some other people, believers here. But that that message resonated with you. Two types of people. I'd love to pray for you here today. Number one, that you felt that labeling or definitions that have been placed or spoken over your life have influenced the way you've lived your life. Decisions that you've made that have actually upset damaged had an effect upon your life and your I want you to come out of your seat come down the front here today and say no more am I going to allow those words that cycle over and over and over in your head I'm a loser I'm a I'm a this I'm dumb I'm stupid I can't get my life together it always works out those words that are spoken someone said them to you I want you to step out of your seat and let Jesus Christ touch you here today I want you to come out here we're going to pray for you And I want to pray for people who say, you know what? I've been hedging my bets. You may be a leader in the church here today, but that message struck you in the core of your heart where where I was saying, you know what? You've got to open up your heart more. As Christians, oftentimes we hedge our bets. We, We let Jesus into part of our life, part of our circumstances. But we don't open up wide our heart and fully embrace and allow Jesus Christ into every single area of our world because we're afraid of what the consequences might be. I want you to step beyond fear here tonight and into faith and say, Jesus Christ, tonight I'm not going to be defined by fear any longer. I'm going to step into faith out on the water and open up my heart to your purpose and your call and your definition of my future. Right now, if that's you, come out of your seat. Come and stand down the front here and let Jesus Christ touch you here today, change you, fill you afresh with His Holy Spirit and watch what He does. That's it. Come out of your seat. Do not stay in your seat. Step aside. Come down the front and let fear be broken. Let redefinition be placed upon your life and let the Holy Spirit redefine your life and your future in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I'm going to move really fast. So I can feel the Holy Spirit building right now. Once you just begin to pray in tongues, this is only going to take two minutes. Come on, just be a contributor right now. Don't be a consumer. Start to pray. Start to reach out. Start to build atmosphere. Start to create an atmosphere of faith. We're going to watch people set free here tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we get some catches, please, right now? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Why don't you begin to pray right now? Hands to God. Just go like that. Close your eyes.
your eyes. Father, I thank you by your Holy Spirit. You fill this lady afresh. Father, you bring faith, wholeness by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. There it is. That's the Holy Spirit. Fill her afresh, God. That's it. Take it. Take it. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes. Just let God touch her right now. God bless you. Thank you, Holy There it is. That's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Fill him, Lord, your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Fill him, Lord, right now. That's it. Let go. Open up. Lift up. Open up your heart to the Lord right now. Say, Jesus, I want all of you. I give you all of my heart. I give you all of my life. From now on, you have all of me. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. That's the Holy Jesus, I want all of you, and you've got all of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Fill me tonight by the power of your Spirit that I'm never the same. In Jesus' name. Fill, fill, there it is, that's the Holy Spirit. Fill the Lord right now. Say, Jesus, I want you, I need you. Fill me afresh. I open up my heart. Completely come in and make me whole. Something's gone on in your past, and I know that you've been hurt in some way, and you're afraid to give it to God. You're afraid to let Him in because you're afraid to never be hurt again. But I want to tell you here tonight Jesus will never hurt you. Never harm you, but if you trust him with your heart, he will heal you, he will make you whole. Open up, say Jesus. I give you my heart tonight. I trust you. I trust you. Just stay there for a minute. Fill him, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill thy Lord with your Holy Spirit. Fill him with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill Jesus. No more labels. You define yourself by the Word of God and nothing else. Nothing else. You are who Jesus says you are. Not by what man says you are. You are who he says you are. You're a leader. You're a commander. I see the word commander written over your life. You're an influencer. And the devil wants to use you or has tried to use you to influence people for his kingdom. And God is saying, I've rescued you. I'm touching you. I'm building you because I've called you to be a commander of men, an influencer of men for the kingdom of God. You are not a loser. You are not a lost person. But you are a leader and an influencer who will change people's lives by the power of God. Fill in Jesus, your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let those words touch in Jesus. Defined by God in Jesus' name. Hey, hey, just stay here for a second. How are you feeling? You all right? Stay with me, guys. So I'll just be just a couple more minutes, but this is really, really important. Jesus is changing your life tonight. You will never 
be the same. Never the same. It's not easy, is it? No, it's not easy. But he knows every single part of your life, your history, your experiences. But he's bringing healing here tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Tonight you're going to be free. as a dog. Healing. He's healing your head and eye. He's pulling thorns out of your I see he's taking thorns out of your heart that have been dripping poison into you. And it's going to be no more by the power of your Holy Spirit. Awesome church. Hey, can we thank Pastor Ward here tonight? What an amazing message, amazing word from God. It's awesome. Hey, why don't you let me pray for you here tonight? Father God, we just thank you for your incredible word, Father God. We thank you, Father, that it's gone to do exactly what you intended to do, Father God. Let this word rest in our hearts, Father God. Let it rest and let it bear much fruit in Jesus' mighty name. Father, thank you for every person here tonight, Lord, that you bless them and you keep them, Lord, and you lead them and reveal yourself to them in ways that we've never seen you before, God. Jesus, we thank you for how mighty you are. We thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy in our lives. We worship you above all else, Jesus. Above our circumstances, we worship you. Father, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise in this place? Thank you, Lord. You are worthy, God. You're so worthy, Father. You're so worthy of our praise and our worship, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, C3 Silverwater said, Amen. Hey, church, we love you so much. This Saturday, Christmas Spectacular, because it's going to be spectacular. Go and get some invites. Get them out. Invite everyone. Get, let's fill this place overflowing. Let's have like an overflow camp.